2: Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for twenty percent off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea.
1: All right, everybody, the moment you have been waiting for. The pod has spoken, has returned, and about a month early from the premiere of season, 44 of Survivor. Incredible. Survivor is now older than me in numbers, not years. And I, of course, am your host, Tyson Apostle, a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and a little bit handsomer. And I am here with my co-host, complete equals in every way, uh, Riley McAtee. Riley, how you been, dude?
3: I'm good. Tyson. Yeah. What are we doing here, man? We, we Survivor's not back yet. Yeah. So, so what's up? You called me to the Zoom meeting.
1: I called you to the Zoom meeting and I had an idea for a little while for a podcast, a special series. And what we are going to do is explore the casting process of Survivor from all the different generations of the show. And so we are going to listen to former contestants story about the very second they had the idea to even try to get on survivor to the moment they actually got on the show and this little package is going to be a four-part series and it wouldn't be complete or even maybe even able to start without uh one of my dear friends from the very first season survivor was ever on tv jervis peterson jervis what's up dude? what's up fellas how's it going good look at how happy he is the eagles win this guy's on top of the world i was so nervous on sunday i was like dude if the eagles lose i'm gonna have to find a new guest it's gonna be (laughs) who will i find from season one and i was uh only panicked for a little bit as uh, the eagles stomped all over the bay area team that's where riley's from
3: probably riley's team actually. No, not at all. No? No, no. I never picked up the Niners or the Raiders. Uh, I'm actually a Rams fan from when I lived in LA. Wow. Rams, so I'm, huh? I'm anti-49ers. I was happy to see the Eagles win.
0: They okay. stayed too, so it doesn't matter. Wow. Uh,
1: That's uh incredible. So Rams all the way through.
3: Yeah, I'm at. It's weird because I'm at odds with a lot of the the Sacramento Kings fans, which is like my true team. A lot of them are also Niners fans, but then I'm against them when it comes to that. So it's just all it's a mess for me. My whole sports fandom is a mess.
1: Well, but it's not going to ruin this podcast, right?
3: No, no, oh, because then we don't I, care.
1: Um, Great, yeah, good,
3: yeah. Then we're all in good.
1: good spirits. I also discovered uh, through some uh, mathematics that I have always and will always be an Eagles fan as well. How does that work? I grew up in Utah, never had a team, like no home team.
3: Right. And so when I think of Philadelphia, I think of Utah. listen (laughs) to me.
1: My dad didn't have a team either, so I don't have a default there. Broncos are the closest team. I never fell in love with the Broncos. And I just chose the Eagles because Randall Cunningham was dope. And so I talked to a friend. And he was like, yeah, you chose the Eagles as a young age, and that's your team, ride or die, no matter what. The only other options you have now are you've lived in Arizona for five years. You can be a Cardinals fan. And uh, that's pretty much it. So uh, I would say, I mean, Philly You made the right choice. I made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) If it's between the Eagles and Cardinals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But now that I've chosen and I've said it here in public, I always have to be Eagles. Like, I can't go back to the Cardinals now ever. I'm Philly, ride or die, through thick and thin. I'm with you, Jerv.
0: There we go. Go birds! Go
1: birds! (laughs) And uh, anyways, uh, we don't want to bore the people with uh, football too much. Riley does that on a lot of different uh, avenues here on The Ringer. We are going to talk about casting and Survivor. And I am certain... It has morphed over the years. It's been over 20 years the show has been on the air. And I'm sure that the very first season they casted looked a little different than when I went through casting and looks even more different to probably what casting is now. And we're going to find all of that out over the next four weeks. And we're starting with you, Jerv. Uh, so let's just get into it. Like, How? How did you hear about Survivor? Like, I'm imagining back in, what, 1999 or 2000, you see like a little casting call somewhere, somehow, and decide to answer that. Is that what it was? That
0: is not it at all. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> Let's hear it then. then. So, so it's, it's 99 and, you know, um, well, actually, it's 98 for me. It's 98. I wake up one morning. And why? Because
1: like, you were living like in a time, time zone difference? Or why is it 98 instead of 99? This,
0: this It all started in 98. Okay. Um, I wake up one morning and I'm uh-huh. like, you know what? Love my life. Everything is great. But I'm just not 100% happy. And I finally know why and what the reason is. And it's because I want to be an actor. Since I've been five years old, I want to be a professional football player or an actor. Well, I never really played football, so that career was over real quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even like, pay, like play like peewee or anything.
0: I played like a year in high school, and that was it. Okay. So it was like I want to be an actor. Now, when I graduated high school, you know, I started doing some acting stuff, you know. And then I had my first son, and everybody's like, "Yo, you got to be responsible, take care of your kid, yada yada." So I, I listened to everybody. And got a job, you know, did the whole working thing. But I wake up and I'm just like, that's what it is. So I went... How old are you? How old are you at this time? 28 years old. Okay. Yeah. So I'm twenty years old. I go, I find a school that's doing uh, acting classes. I start taking acting classes.
1: And... So wait, so people were like, you got to take your life more serious. And you were like, I'm going to go to acting school.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> dude... <laughs> You're like three kids in now. Like You need to really work this job. I'm like, no, that's not it. (laughs) I want to be an actor. actor. And when you know what you want to do with your life, it's an epiphany. Everything becomes crystal clear and your focus is laser sharp. So I'm like, this is what I want to do and I'm doing it. So now I'm studying. I'm a year in. Now it's 99. Uh And my brother actually saw it online. On a computer online through dial up. Yeah, so he okay. he prints out the application, mails it to me. I get it. I'm like, what's this? He's like, yo, I saw this online. It's this show. They put 16 people on an island. The winner gets a million bucks. He said, I think you'd be perfect for it. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to be an actor. That's like being <laughs> yourself. <That's, I> can't, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Like, I want to be an actor. So I take the application and toss it to the side. And then it's like, but but let's 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 let's
1: explore that just a little bit more here. Yeah. What's on the application? Like is it say does it say the name of the show? Does it say what network? Does it say
0: it, it tells you you're going to be deserted on an island? They they gave a little information so I guess in the little thing he saw online it just said, you know, 16 people on an island winner gets a million bucks. Okay. So the app I didn't even look at the application you know, I just toss it to the side. I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's not acting, so yeah, a I wouldn't be not an actor. Yeah. yeah, come on, bro. I can make words matter. <laughs> so, so now I'm like, I'm I'm grinding as a as a you know struggling actor, getting paid seventy five dollars to be in the snow all day for thirteen hours a day, and so it's just you know all this the, the grind work.
1: And what were you doing? Like extra stuff? Is that what you were like, just anything that came through you know, Philly? Extra work, you were... no
0: lines and any commercial background in TV shows. That's, you can never make me out in anything I did. It was that bad. So I'm cleaning up my room one day and I find the application. Like how how long, how much later? is like three weeks later. Okay. So I am start reading it. And I'm like, the questions were funny. Like, who would you be from Gilligan's Island and why? You know, questions like that. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just fill this thing out. So how long was it? It was it was really that random. I find the application, clean up my room, look at it. The questions were funny, and I'm like, you know what? This is kind of funny. I'll just fill this thing out. Filled it out. Then you had to make the video tape. Yeah, but who from Gilligan's Island did you put? The professor, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you would probably say Gilligan, but I'm a professor. Kind of <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we all uh, think we're the professor.
1: Yeah. Okay. So so you say the professor, how long was the application? Was it pages and pages or was it just yes. a single page? How yeah, many pages? No, it
0: was, it was pages. If 20 pages? It had to be at least 20 plus pages, man. Okay. So I do the application. And then you, you have to gotta, do a three minute video tape.
1: On VHS?
0: Yes. So I'm like, oh man. So I set the camcorder up. Did you have your own
1: camcorder or did you have to borrow one? Have a little
0: camcorder.
1: Uh, we always borrowed one growing up. We were like, hey neighbors, do you guys have a camcorder? We gotta do something over here. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I have my yo. Cool. So I set it up and I'm wearing a white t-shirt. Yeah. It says enforcer on it in big black red letters. And it was a bouncing t-shirt when I used to bounce at a bar. So, you know, I'm just like, all right, what can I say in three minutes? You had to tell why you be the ultimate survivor. So I'm just like, Look, I be the ultimate survivor because I'm a competitor. If we're going to throw a rock, I'm going to throw it further than you. If we're going to drink beer, I'm going to drink more beer than you. You know, I'm just, I'm very competitive. But I'm not a sore loser. So if I lose, I'm going to figure out why I lost to you so I'll never lose to you again. And that was basically what I said for three minutes. Package everything up because I see that the deadline is two days away. So I next day mail it to L.A
1: which probably cost like 150 bucks back
0: then. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Like next day mail now is like $10, but (laughs) it was so expensive back then, dude. Did they, when I went through casting, they gave you a FedEx number to use to ship everything for free. They probably didn't, they probably, they didn't do that for the first
0: application. Nope, Okay, okay. So it gets to LA, the next day I get a phone call from somebody in casting.
1: Do you remember who? Was it Lynn?
0: No, it was a lady named Stephanie Furman. Okay. And she's like, you forgot to answer one of the questions. If you make it to the next round, where do you want your interview? New York or Philly? So I'm like, yo, Philly, of course. And she's like, okay, great. That was it. So now I'm thinking like, man, I think I made it to the second round. Because why even ask me that question if I'm not going to make it to the second round? Yeah. So I think it was like 8,000 people applied. Out of the 8,000, 50 were from this area. From the
1: like the northeast or Philadelphia, yep, the Philadelphia area okay, why was that? Was there like was there more advertising done for the show on that side? What, why Because it seems like a big number, right?
0: Well, it's a big I mean Philly's like your third or fourth biggest market. Yeah, I guess so, so yeah, yeah so I'm one of the 50. They give me a call say, "Hey, you made it to the second round. you're going to meet down at CBS Studios in Philly. you're going to meet a producer, somebody from casting, they're mm-hmm. going to interview you about an hour two hours long. Ago. Like, all right, cool. Go down there. And, you know, I have no idea what's going on still. You know, I'm like, all right, I made it to the second round. I still have no idea what the show's about. Are you
1: are you excited at this point or are you just like, I'm just going to go with it. I don't know what it is. It's probably like... Because nowadays, if and this is just from experience now, if I get contacted for a show that I've never heard about, I'm like... Nice try, dude. This is this is a dead-end street here.
0: No, I was excited because it's one of those things like, you know, you're in the supermarket and you see, hey, fill out this form to win a free car. Yeah. And like, I'm never going to win that car. It's, it's that attitude of, I'm never going to win. They're never going to pick me. Yeah. So I just filled this application out on a whim and I made it to the second round.
1: So now you're a little hyped.
0: Yeah, I'm like, and still thinking I'm not going to make the show, but just, it was like, yeah, I made it to the second round. That's pretty cool. So. I'm going to go down there and just do my best now because I am I have a foot in the door. So I go down to the studios. I meet somebody from casting and one of the producers. And they bring me in a room. And, and sitting at a table, they're sitting across from me and they're just firing questions at me. And I, I mean, every single question they can think of, they're asking me. And you know, I'm just answering the questions. Like anything kind of questions. stand out
1: to you in those questions? Yeah. What kind of questions, Riley asked? It,
0: they wanted to know the whole life story. So it's like, okay, born in Philly, you know, grew up in Jersey, went to grade school here, high school here, blah, 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 blah. And then just give them the whole life story of everything I've been through up to this point in time. And at the time, I'm a huge Selma Hayek fan, still a fan, but I was a huge Selma Hayek fan back in the day. And what I used to do was I used to cut her pictures out of magazines, Mm -hmm. put them back to back and laminate them. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely. Yeah, me. I mean, real creepy stalker type shit, right? So, but that's what I did. So I had these little cards. And what would you do with those? I would carry them where I
1: went, like in your wallet or like in a book. Yeah. Or you, like as a gift. Yeah. Like give it? them to the producer?
0: <laughs> no. So so they're so they're talking to me, right? And I'm and ask me all these questions. I'm like, Yo, I'm a huge Summer Hayek fan. And they're like, You are? And I'm like, Yeah. Matter of fact, you want to see this? And I pull them out. Look at this. I make these cards of her. Uh huh. So I know they're like.
1: I appreciate your honesty here because this would be a very easy thing for you to just bury and forget. But I like that we, we get the full scoop here. So they thought danger, danger. This is what they thought.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's what they got to be thinking, right? You know, Well, at the time, I'm excited. So I'm like, look, this is my love for summer. You guys should love this too. And I'm all about it. And I'm just spreading it out. And now I'm talking about summer and these cards and how I made the cards and how I cut the pictures out. And I see them looking at me with like, I got two heads. And then they say, hold on a second. We have a question. I'm like, what's up? And they're like, where's the guy from the video team? And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, where's the hardcore black guy from Philly that's like, I'll kick your ass in this and I'll kick your ass in that. And I'm like, oh, well, that's just when I'm competing. Like if I'm competing, I'm going to kick your ass. Yes, I'm going to beat you. That's me. But that's just in competition. But when I'm not competing, this is I'm dreaming about, yeah, I'm dreaming about Selma Hayek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a 6'4 cardboard cut out of in my bedroom.
1: Oh, it just gets worse.
0: Okay. Yeah, it does. It does.
1: <laughs>
0: where are all these,
1: where are all these relics now? Do you still have them? Could you sell them on eBay sign? Something like that? They're, they're, they're,
0: they're long gone.
1: They're gone?
0: I, I learned I had to get rid of it.
1: <laughs> you didn't have a PSA uh, raid any of them? No. Okay.
0: Like I said, <laughs> when you hear the story, it starts getting creepier and creepier. So, you know, you just, you bury those things <laughs> deep. So now they're just, they're, they're like flabbergasted right now. They're like, wait a minute. And now I can see, you know, the wheels spinning in their head. And it's like, this guy is competitive. He's like a beast in, in competition mode. But he's got this soft, gentle, weird, strange side to him too. He's unhinged. He'll make good TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, I took it. That that's the balance. It's balance. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. just, I'm not one way. They'll feel like, oh, I'll eat anything and I'll do this. I can jump off a plane and a tree. And it's no, you got, you could do both. So now I feel like they were more invested in me at that point. Now, now even more questions are coming. You know, what else are you into weird? And all this kind of stuff. <laughs> that was an exact question. What else are you into weird? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was like, that's it. Just, just the cards. <laughs> You know, did their interview. Like I said, it was a long interview. I get done the interview. And that's that. I go home. And, you know, it's just like, I think I blew it now because of the whole summer hype (laughs) making my own trading cards of her. Okay. I didn't make this show, you know. So I just go back home and, you know, back to the daily grind.
1: What What did they say to you? Like when you parted ways, was there like a weird like, we'll be in touch or like what? Just the
0: just the generic, you know, thanks for coming for the interview. You, you know, you were great. That's that.
1: Yeah, we'll be in touch maybe. Yeah.
0: And and it's the same thing when you're going out for an acting role or anything like that. You know, it's just the generic, good job. Okay. Good job. Okay. Like, I'm great. <laughs> yeah, I did a horrible job. <laughs> you're lying to me. Go home. And then I think it was about a week later, uh-huh. phone call. It's like, congratulations. You made it to the next round. It's like, all right, cool. It's like, for the next round, we're going to fly you to LA for more interviews, some tests, things like that. You got to meet more people in production, casting, and you're going to be there for 10 days. Wow. So it's like... so.
3: That's like a long period of time.
1: So when they yeah. when they call, are you are you picking it up every time or is it going to voicemail or what is happening here? Oh,
0: back then we picked up the phone.
1: Every time, no matter the number, no matter what, you were, hey, well, out of It was of a boredom. caller
0: ID, so if the phone rang, you picked it up.
1: Yeah, oh, that's true. Okay, so you picked it up. That's what they said, you're going out. Uh, and how did you feel about that? Excited. Were you like, here we go?
0: Cool. I was like, wow, like I made it to the next round. Like, yo, third round. Yeah. And, and this is the last round now, like from here.
1: So they're transparent with you. They're telling you this is the last round.
0: Yeah. This last round from here, we're going to pick the contestants. So you're out here for 10 days, you know, just come out, do your best. You know, if it works out, you'll be on the show. If not, you know, you won't. Did, uh, did they coach you through any of this? Cause I
1: know when I went through casting, once they kind of got to know you and they kind of had like, you had like a casting person over you specifically going into those interview situations, They'd kind of be like, okay, so make sure to be yourself. Make sure to, like, they can kind of coach you a little bit. Was there any coaching here at any time along the process? It was just all, like, on your own. Yeah. Do you?
0: Yeah. No No coaching, no tips or anything. It's, you know, just anything. Just be yourself. You know, that's the thing. Just be yourself. It's like, all right, cool. So now, at the time, we got to backtrack a little. I was working three jobs. Okay. The post office, the auditor firm at the YMCA, coaching basketball. So, the post office job I had, they shut the plant I was working at down. Then the auditor firm sold the company. So, I lost both those jobs. So, now I'm only working at the YMCA. Is this before you go to California? Yes. Okay. Before I go to Cali. Now, and I'm only working one day a week at the Y, coaching the basketball class so I can keep my membership so I can go play basketball there myself. Uh That's the only reason I even, I'm at the YMCA. So basically, I don't have a job is what it comes down to. Okay. So it's like it worked out in my favor because I can go to LA for 10 days now with nothing to worry about because I got no job. Right. You know, pack up, go to LA, and I get to LA, and it was at the Doubletree Hotel in Santa Monica. Okay. Same place I went to. Yep. Same place where they do it all the time. As soon as you walk in, somebody from Castle comes up to you. Mm Mm-hmm. They say, here's the deal. Do not speak to anybody in the hotel. If you do, we're sending you home. And I'm like, okay, but I'm like, but what if I get on the elevator and somebody says hi to me? They're like, don't say hi back. If you do, we're sending you home. So that's rude. I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'm not, I am i got to say, They're like, don't speak. We're sending you home. We got spies in the hotel. Everywhere. Spies everywhere. Speak to anybody. Yeah. If you do, we're sending you home. When we call your phone in your hotel room, answer it. <laughs> because you were going to be sequestered in your hotel room for these 10 days. Yeah. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I'm like, all right, cool. That, that's the rules. That's the rules. No problem. You know, get on the elevator. Of course, somebody gets on. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm like, oh man, they're trying to set me up already. Like, <laughs> ignore. No.
1: Did you think it was a spy at this point where you're like, this is a test?
0: Yeah. Look. I had no clue what's going on. I'm green uh-huh. as green can be. So, but they are too, right?
1: They are. They have to be too, because this is their first time doing this. And, and yes. But they, they. I mean, I guess the, probably the casting company could have existed before this. Uh, I don't know if the casting company started at the same time or if they had experienced casting people running the casting the same way they had run at other places. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. I have no idea, but it makes sense. But the whole purpose of this is because. They don't want anybody talking before the show. If you make it on the show, they don't want you to build Like now, no friendships being built before you get on the show. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. Go to my room. You know, just now you sit in the room all day and everything. So they're like, you can go down for breakfast, lunch, dinner, to the hotel restaurant. Yeah. But you have to sit by yourself. Mm -hmm. And again, don't speak to anybody. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool.
1: Did everybody working at casting have a walkie talkie on them at this point? Like, could you? So I when I went through casting, anybody that worked for production had a walkie talkie on them, so they stuck out. You could tell who they were and then the then you didn't know for sure who was a contestant and who was just someone staying at the hotel. Uh, thinking that they were in Crazy Town because no one would say hi back to them. Right? <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine Riley being in that hotel with your family on vacation in Santa Monica, stepping on a elevator with a couple people? You say hi. Just a bunch of people with walkie
3: talkies and a bunch of other people who won't who, who make won't say anything and won't make eye contact anything. or anything. Yes. Yeah, uh, that sounds like an episode of Black Mirror or something. <laughs> But did you get did you guys like see people who then later were on the show with you and you were like, yes. oh, I recognize them from the hotel? This episode
2: is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea.
0: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can
2: set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
1: Did you do an interview right when you walked in? Like when, what is your schedule like here? No, you just went straight to your room.
0: Straight to my room. Okay. So next day, go down for breakfast, go to the, you know, hotel, restaurant, And I'm looking around and I see one person sitting at every table. Yeah. So for me right now, I'm like this. I made it this far. I know this is the last round. I'm getting on this show. That's my mentality right now. So now I'm like, in a sense, I'm in game mode right now. So I'm like, okay, one person at every table. These are the other contestants. Because... They can't. Everybody. Somebody's got a you know Walkman, headphones on. Somebody's reading a book. Nobody's speaking. Yeah. You know people are scared to look up at you when you walk by. All that kind of stuff. So now I'm just like, all right, these are the contestants. So now I'm looking for all the black guys. One, two. Okay, two black guys. That's my competition. I just got to beat these knuckleheads. I'm not worried about anybody else except these two black guys. If I can beat them out somehow, and I don't know how to beat them out, but if I can beat these guys out. I know I can get on the show because that's got to be my competition. That's how I'm thinking about this now and sizing everybody up. So that's how it was. You know, you go back to your room, get a phone call. Hey, need you need to come down for an interview. Okay, cool. But now i an interview.
1: Where was the interview at? Was it in a hotel room or was it in a conference room or what?
0: It'd be a conference room. Okay,
1: because some of them were in hotel rooms for us. Like they'd send us up, and Jeff Probst would just be like sitting in the living room with like a few producers. Of like a studio upstairs, yeah,
0: yeah, same thing. And then you had to take tests. You had to take psychological tests. Mm-hmm. Um, they would give physical. you a physical while you're out there, the whole thing. So you're just what's the physical test like? Uh,
1: just like the standard physical, like the doctor comes in and bangs oh, just, on your yeah, knee okay. and okay. touches you and uh, asks how you're feeling. Looks and inside I was your.
3: If they would have you like balance on something, or you, you know, no,
1: they don't care. Have have you seen people on Survivor compete, Riley? They <laughs> purposely. <laughs> don't do any physical tests other than just make sure that you're
0: not going to die on the show. All right. Good point. Good point. <laughs> and then you're taking personality tests and things like that. And so it's yeah. just... IQ. Yep. Did IQ Did you do an IQ test. test? Yeah. Yep. Go back to your room. And you're chilling in your room, watching TV, ordering room service, whatever it is, you know, if you don't want to have to leave your room. And a lot of people didn't even leave their room. They just stayed the whole time. So, me being me... <clears throat> my brother, you know my brother Lamont Tyson. Yeah, yep. So Lamont was already been to LA, new people in LA and all kinds of stuff like that. So I call him up. I'm like, look, I'm in this hotel and we're sequestered. But I go down and ask him, like, can I, you know, do I have to stay in my room? Can I leave the hotel? They're like, yeah, you can leave the hotel. You can go down to Santa Monica Pier, blah, blah, blah. You can walk around, but in the hotel you can't speak to anybody. So I'm like, cool. So I would leave and go down to Santa Monica, walk down to the pier. As much as you wanted? Yeah. Okay. Remember, first season, you know. Yeah. But what... A little different.
1: Would they tell you though? Like if they're like, oh, you're going to have an interview at some time today, you can't go out type of deal? Or were you just like... Yeah, they
0: will let you know. Okay. So I call Lamont up and I'm like, look, I can leave at night from the hotel. You know, you, you got any friends out here? He's like, yeah. I got some friends out there. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hit him up, calls them. He's like, yeah, they're gonna come pick you up nine o'clock tonight. I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. In my hotel room, knock at the door. These two girls come, two Asian chicks come, pick me up. We go out, hang out at the bar, club, great time. Come back, two, three in the morning, all this stuff. Then the next day to like, <laughs> you know, you know, just words starts. You hear, you know, the PA's talking, yeah, everybody's talking, is talking. Like, somebody ordered two hookers to their room. Who, who was that? Who ordered two hookers to their room? <laughs> and it's like, nah, they were hookers. They were just friends that my brothers know who they came to pick me up and they took me out to have a good time in L.A.
1: <laughs> Do you think that 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 helped you or hurted you? Do it have any effect on it?
0: And that had an effect either way. But it's just funny how they were thinking like somebody ordered hookers to the room. It's like, no, it's not even a situation at all. So it's just, it's just weird.
1: Well, because everybody's just assuming everything about every person throughout all of it. And that's what I was always curious of because we weren't allowed to leave the hotel. And finally, I said, like, I am going so crazy locked in this hotel. You have to let me out or I have like, I'm not going to be myself anymore because I've been cooped up for too long. And they were like, yeah, you can go, but we're going to have somebody follow you at a distance. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, nobody was following me for sure. Nobody was following me.
0: You're but-, down the alleys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I also think if I would have just walked out the front door of the hotel and come back later, some Thing would have circulated and it probably would have been to your favor in most instances because you're getting talked about and people are like, oh, this guy had the courage to break the rules and didn't care and just did his thing type of deal. So
0: I don't know. It could have helped. Maybe not. You know, I, I, I don't I really don't think it had any effect on it. And for me, again, i just being observant, you know. I would just go hang out and just sit in the big open section of the hotel, and just watch people walk by, see people going for their interviews, things like that, and just paying attention to everything. And it's funny because when you're watching people, you just notice things about people. I noticed Richard Hatch at that time, and yeah. I knew Rich would make. I knew Rich would make it on the show. Why? You could just, you could just tell, like the way Rich was carrying himself. You know, no words. He doesn't have to speak. Everything is just coming out of his pores, the arrogance, the cockiness, you know, <laughs> it it's just it was there. It was there in the air. Okay. You just smell it off of him.
1: Who else did you see?
0: It was like, there's no way he wouldn't make it on the show. Yeah. I noticed Greg. I'm like, Greg's gonna make it on the show because Greg just had this, this look about him, you know, the scruffy wilderness look, that type of guy. I noticed Jenna. Yeah. Ramona. Colleen, you know, definitely noticed those five, and and I'm like, you and you could just see like there's something different about these people, you know. I wouldn't be surprised that they made it on the show. You could just see it. So, somebody from production comes up to me and they're like, so we've been watching you, and uh, we noticed you were watching everybody else. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, look, look, we we know you're watching everybody else. So just Tell us, what, what what do you think? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, what do you think? I know. I'm like, all right, well, I think that guy talking about Richard Hatton, I'm like, I think he'll make it on the show. You know, why? Because I'm like, look at him. Like, just sit <laughs> around like he owns the hotel. Like, he he's the man here. Like, there's no way that guy's going to make it on the show. You know, like that girl talking about Jenna, like, you could just feel that energy coming off of her. Like, she's just got all this energy. Like... She can make Colleen look how cute that girl is. Ain't no way they're not gonna put a pretty girl on the show. Like she's gonna make it on the show. And they were just like, you know, you could just see them like, wow. <laughs> so I guess they were thinking the same thing. Like these are the people they had in the lead for them to make it on the show themselves. Um, like I said, just just noticing things like that, just being very observant of what was going on.
1: At that point, did they ask you about your chances? Were they like, what do you think about yourself?
0: Nah, they never asked me about myself. Okay. You know, just, just, and because that's what I, I would just sit around and watch everything, watch what, watch everybody walking by, watch what they were doing, things like that. Um, so, you know, we're, now we're there, you know, eight days in and, and now it's starting to wind down. Well, let's talk about a little bit there. Are people
1: disappearing from the hotel as they're getting rejected or is everybody still there that started there?
0: No, everybody's still there. Nobody got rejected.
1: Okay. So everybody who was there day one is still there. And how many interviews have you gone through? Have you gone through like a handful, one a day, every other day?
0: Yeah, you're you're doing an interview almost every day.
1: And are they getting more and more important? Like the you
0: you could tell that they were getting more serious. Okay, you know, and and the questions, like I said, they would just ask you every question they could think of, like, you know, what did somebody get on the island? Okay, cool. What did they hit on you? I don't care. I'm not gay. So, um, yeah. you know, I just tell them Flattered. politely, like, I don't swing that way. So we cool. You know, what if somebody called you the N-word? I mean, <laughs> we gonna have some problems probably, but, you know, it just depends how that all goes down. And I mean, they're asking all these type of questions, you know, yeah. and I'm, and I'm being as honest as possible, you know, again, not knowing that maybe I shouldn't be as honest as I'm being.
1: No, but that's what you want. That's what I always tell people is the full honesty is what gets people on the show. Like the TMI is literally the key to getting to acing these interviews.
0: But, but, and you know, at the time, and that's what I was know. doing, but yeah. cause I had, I had no clue, but right. like, maybe there's certain things you don't want to say though, still, regardless, you want to give up all the information. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah whatever you want to know. I'm like, man, yeah. Like, what if that girl was on the show? Would you kiss her? Absolutely. I would kiss her. I would sleep with her too. I would sleep with her too. Oh yeah. I would kiss her too. Like I'm just (laughs) running at the mouth. Everything like just giving up all the juice, you know, everything. And like I said, clueless at that time of yeah, maybe you shouldn't be saying everything you need to say. You don't got to say everything that's coming into your head right now. But I didn't care. Like I'm like either going to pick me or they're not. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. They're going to pick me or they're not. So, like you said, I'm just going to give you TMI. I'm being blatantly honest with you. And this is what I think and this is how I feel.
1: Yeah. I remember them delving into my sex life as a single uh guy growing up Mormon. Like they like pried into all of that. They pried into like my beliefs. They pry like they ask you those questions. I think to test you to see if you're willing to be an open book for sure.
0: So it's getting, now it's getting down to the end. And we got one more interview. Okay. And I think at the time only f- added, like I said, it started with 8,500 made it to the second round. Out of that five hundred, fifty 50 were from the Philly area. Okay. I'm the only one to make it out of the 50 from the Philly area. Wow. And they narrowed the 500 people down to 48 people. Okay. So all 48 we're flown to LA for these ten days. So it's forty-eight people in the hotel right now. And they're gonna pick the sixteen
1: from that from 48. this forty-eight. So you everybody that was on season one of Survivor was in this casting
0: process with you at the double tree. Yes. Okay. Yep. And and remember, you know, they have alternates too. Yeah. Who they pick. So they have some people that are alternates. I think Jerry from season two almost made it on season one, but she ended up being an alternate. And they never used her as an alternate, so she would end up being on season two. Yeah. But, uh, so, it's one more round of interviews at CBS Studios, and it's with Les Moonves, Nancy Tellum, Jeff Probst, Craig Pilligen, all the producers, you know, Mark Burnett, everybody. Yeah. They're all going to be there. They get the buses, they bus us over. Same thing, sequestered the whole time, can't talk or anything to anybody. And you're going in one by one for these interviews. And it's like, oh, man. And it, to me, it's like a job interview. It's like, if you go for a job interview, and you're only in there for 10 minutes, you ain't get the job. I guarantee you that. The longer you're in there, the better chance you have of getting the job. So that's what I'm thinking, is just stay in this room as long as you can. Have them continue to ask you questions, tell jokes, juggle, whatever you got to do. Stay in front of them as long as possible to make them want you on this show. Did you juggle? I did not. <laughs> can juggle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they call me in and it's one chair for you and uh-huh. across from you are the other seven chairs.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they just start firing questions. You know, and I'm like, okay, answering the questions, knocking them out. You know, now we're probably about a good 10, 15 minutes in. And Les Moonves is like, look, Jervis, I'm gonna be honest with you, I can't put you on a show. I'm like, why not? He's like, we're CBS, we're an old network. Uh I-, I can't put you on. I'm like, what are you talking about? You can't put me on. I'm like, listen, I'm I'll be great for your show. You want me on your show. Now, you know, now I'm a little offended because he just you know, put me on the show. So now I'm going into my attack mode, like. You want me on it? This show will be trash if I'm not on this show. I'm telling you right now, this show ain't going to go nowhere if I'm not on this show. You want me on this show? He's like, I can't put you on the show. I'm like, well, tell me why. He's like, well, for starters, you don't have a job. I'm like, yes, I do. I got a job. They're like, no, you don't. We can't put an unemployed black man <laughs> on this old ass network like CBS. That's one. Two, you're about to have a baby and you're not married. Like so, what? A lot of people have babies and they ain't married. This is your fourth one, okay? I, I I get it. I see what you're saying here. Like, like I can see the the picture they're already painting of me—this unemployed black guy, knocked up this white woman. He's got kids with her. He doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I get it, but I'm not that guy. Like, okay, that's my situation, but I'm not that guy. You know. So yeah. now it's like, I got to convince them that I'm not this guy because they're like, we can't do that. We can't... You'll get crucified if you're on TV, you know? And this network will get burned for that. Like, I'm like, oh, man. So I'm like, I have a job. So like, where are you working? Like, I work at the YMCA. Sorry, hey, what's the number there? Gave them the number. They write it down. Give it to somebody like, go call this number. See if he works at the YMCA. Okay. They leave the room. He's like... If they say you don't work there, you're not on the show. We're sending you home. I'm like, oh, man. It, now, remember, I told you, I'm only working at the Y one hour a week.
1: Yeah. So is this dependent <laughs> now on who picks up the phone? Because are some people saying you're not working there?
0: Absolutely. People will be like, that dude, don't work. he didn't work here for three months. He's been out of here. Yes. So okay. it's crucial that the right person picks up the phone. Okay. <laughs> So now they're asking me more questions and I'm like, look, you know, I, I plan on marrying this lady. Okay. So it's not like I don't want to marry or anything like yeah. that. It's just that we haven't gotten to that point yet. Last year know, that is yeah, we struggling right now in a relationship, but I love her. Everything's going to be great. And it's just now I'm trying to, you know, backpedal and weave my way into the show. Now by yeah. answering all these questions person comes back, open the door. Hey, he works there. They said he works at the YMCA. <laughs> and i like, yes!
1: Thank you! Uh, let's give that person a shout out. Who is that? Who Do you remember who answered the phone over there? It's this, this is
0: lady. Her name is Michael.
1: Michael, the lady? Yes, yeah, she's a shout lady. Shout out, her, Michael. Her name
0: is Michael. And she worked at the front desk. And I used to work at the front desk at one point with Michael all the time. But then I moved over to coaching. So it just so happened when they called, that's the one who answered the phone. And if, if anybody else answered, they'd be like, "Nah, he doesn't work here.
1: And then what would have been your game plan? Like if the person would have popped in and said, uh, we called, they said he didn't work here. Would you be like, call back, talk to Michael?
0: No. I, you know what? I, I would have been like, I'm done. Because it's <laughs> like, I don't even know if Michael's working that day. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, it, it, it just got lucky with that one. Fate. So now they're asking me more questions and all this stuff. And you know, I'm just I'm going through the questions I'm answering, them and, and you know, just trying to be my my charming self and letting Les know, like, look, I'm the dude you want in your show. I'm gonna make the show great. You know, I'm funny. You know, I look good. Blah 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 blah. You know, just talking any trash I could talk.
1: Was Les running the whole interview? Was he the guy like leading the interview that that day?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And everybody was chiming in. Everybody yeah. else, you know, if they had a question, they would ask a question and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then they, they were like, he was also like, but also you can't swim. Like, you know, you're going to be on an island surrounded by water. You can't swim. I'm like, yeah, how hard it is learn how to swim? Come on, man. It ain't that hard. Like, yeah, when you're a kid, it's easy. When you're an adult, <laughs> it's hard. I'm like, look, if I make it on the show, I'll learn how to swim. How much time I got to learn how to swim? Like, you probably have about four weeks. I learned how to swim in four weeks. I work at the YMCA. We do swimming lessons there. I got that covered. What else? come on, keep on, keep it coming. What else y'all got to tell me? Because I got every answer for you. I got it covered. and And it was just that back and forth. They would tell me why I couldn't be on the show. And I would tell them why I could be on the show. And we just kept on going back and forth with that. And then finally, they were just like, all right. there No more questions? Okay. They're like, thanks for the interview. Like I said, you'll hear from us if you made it. If you didn't, you won't. Walked out of there. And I was just like, man. <laughs> I feel? really hope I get on this show. But I'm Did like, f- I don't know. I, I really had no idea because, yeah. like I said, Les was just like adamant. Like, I can't put you on this show. Like, you fit every negative stereotype for a black man there is, bro. I can't do it. And I'm like, that's not how it really is. It looks like that, but it's not <laughs> that. <laughs> wow, it really does look like that. Damn. Damn. I don't look like that guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not that guy.
1: <laughs> so, so you say goodbye to the interview. They bus everybody back to the hotel, I assume. Yep. And then you're on a plane back to Philly.
0: Yep. Next you, day you're on a plane back home.
1: Any conversations with casting before you left? Like, thanks for coming. Nice to meet you. You'll hear from us. Or just pretty much that was, that was the end of, of communication with uh, casting.
0: That was, that was the end of it. You know, just, you know, Good luck. You know, we would love to see you on, you know, we would love to see you on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You ain't got no control on this, but thanks anyway, you know, and uh, yeah, flew home.
1: Did they give you shots? Did they do anything like that out there? No. Okay.
0: Okay. So get home and like three days later,
1: they're filming in four weeks. They're, they're filming in a four ish weeks from when you left. Yeah. Four four weeks.
0: I'll be flying now. Yeah. So get a phone rings, answer it. Hello. Like, hey, to CBS, just want to say congratulations. You made it on the show. You got four weeks to get ready. You might want to learn some survival skills, learn how to swim, (laughs) and a bunch of other stuff. (laughs) I'm like, awesome. (laughs) This is, is great.
1: The celebration, were you like screaming, yelling, or was it still just so unknown that you were like, I don't know what this is, we're doing it?
0: No, I was pumped, man. Yeah, pumped. I was screaming, yeah I was, I was excited, man, because it's, it, it's that feeling of, like you said, you, you fill out all these forms, you play the lottery, you never win. Yeah. But this was something that I applied for. I went through this interview process. Like this is all on me. Yeah. I got on this show because of me. Nobody else. So right. that was that feeling of accomplishment. Like I did this, you know. <clears throat> but then just as fast a big feeling of fear. Like, yo, I'm screwed. I mean, you don't want this damn show. (laughs) Like, yo, what am I going to to do? Like, I can't do nothing. Like, I'm a suburb guy. You know, I play sports, man. I've never been hiking, camping, fishing, hunting. Didn't know how to swim. Like, I got no type of skills out here for the wilderness. So I went, bought this 800-page survival book. And I'm looking through it. Tells you how to catch a fish catch rainwater, build a shelter, gut a pig, start a fire, all that stuff. When I'm looking at it, I'm just like, this is stupid. you know, And I tossed it to the side. And then I sat down and I thought about this game. Again, with just the little information I had, all I knew was 16 people on an island. You do these challenges. Every third day, you vote somebody out for any reason you want. Did they tell you that? They told you that in casting? <clears throat> Do that. And then at the end, you vote for somebody to be the millionaire. Okay. All I knew. So with that information, I'm thinking, I'm just like, okay, here's the deal. If they put 16 Jervises on this show, we're all going to die. And that's not the show. (laughs) There's no show then. So there has to be somebody out there that knows exactly what to do. How to do all this thing that's in this 800-page book I just bought. Yeah. There we go. So Okay, it's competitions. I'm athletic. I can compete. Cool. So we're going to win some competitions, these challenges. If we lose, we put somebody out. But for any reason you want. So it's like, okay, well, why would you want to vote out somebody that's funny? Somebody that you like, that's nice, that's friendly, that's helpful. So it's like, I need to be those things. Because you only vote out annoying people. Yeah. You knew that
1: even back then. You were just thinking that's the way it's going to go.
0: I'm thinking about this. So I'm like, okay, so how can I get in this game?" And I was like, okay, I know I can go at least three weeks easy off of charm and personality. That alone, I can last three weeks out here and then I really have to start working and competing to get further into this game. So that was my mind. So it was just like, one thing I gotta do is learn how to swim. Went to the Y, took swimming lessons. I learned how to swim from point A to point B. That was it. You know, I,
1: how, how far was that distance? Point A to point B, 25 yards, 50 meters? Uh
0: from one side of the pool to the other, and not the long way.
1: Okay, the short way. Yeah, 25 yards. Okay.
0: <laughs> Real short. But it was like, look, I can swim. I can go. As long as I you know, I can't tread, I can't float. So as long as I'm swimming, I'm good. All right, cool. You know, like I got enough of that skill set that I'm hoping that's enough. Because I got no idea what the challenges are, but I'm yeah. just hoping that's enough for me that I could do something out there. And again, I just continue to think about the game. You know, it will...
1: Did you know where you were going? Did they tell you the location?
0: Malaysia, just New
1: Malaysia. That was... Okay. Uh, that's enough to know that it's a tropical... You're going to a tropical place. Yeah, yeah
0: tropical place. And it was just okay. like, again, okay, so we're going to vote people out. Well, if I get people on my side, we can all get together and vote out who we want. You know, like, like the whole game plan, the way the game is played, I already thought out, had in my head from day one. You know, and it was like, all right, cool. Got the game plan. Know how I'm going to play this game. Know what I need to do out there. You know, then finding out little things like we could bring one luxury item. So it was like, all right, cool. Deck of cards. It's got to be boring sitting on an island. You ain't doing nothing. Yeah. Play some cards. And if I'm playing cards, everybody knows how to play a card game. I can entertain people. If you're entertaining people, you're not going to get rid of a guy that's entertaining you. That's the last person you want to get rid of because then you'll be bored.
1: Yeah, so, cards you can do magic with too. Did you think of that?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, a couple <laughs> magic tricks, absolutely. So, it, it, like I said, my my process and my thought process was just thinking of how to play this game because if it comes down to a skill set, yeah, the world I I don't have that, so I had to somehow subvert that to get deep in this game, and and I felt very confident that I could do it too. You know, well, I think that's interesting.
1: Uh, the Powerful foresight, because that's essentially what it is. Like so many people you bump into on the street and they're like, I love Survivor. I could never play it because the survival thing. I was like. All you need is like two people that have been camping one time, and that's enough for you guys to just like kind of figure it out. Yep. And uh, so that is funny that that you already in your mind were like, yeah, that's not what it's going to come down to. Was there a defining moment throughout the casting process that you were like, "This is the moment casting remembers me for? This is why I got on the show. Like, do you have any moment like that where, like it's your go-to story for casting
0: i I, I think it's back in Philly with those Sumahaha cards. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't want to bring it up again, but I will. Yeah, I, no, I, think I love that it. Was, <laughs> I think that was the moment. Like, you I wouldn't have made it wallet, past Philly. I dig in my wallet. I open it like, yo, guys, check these out. And I thought like five cards on the table. And they're like, what the hell is this? Like, some high. You I'm stood lover. out. Like, I got a six-foot corporate cutter in my bedroom too, guys. Like, yo, I love her. And, and so the funny thing is this too. You know, one of the questions was, was if you could write a letter to anyone Receive a letter from anyone, make a phone call to anyone, or receive a phone call from anyone. Who would it be? Selma Hayek. I wrote down as my answer on the application. Yeah. You know, so it's like it, this is like I'm like, yo, hope I could win this phone call from Selma or a letter from her. Like I'm excited <laughs> for that. You know, I'm this is what I'm playing this game for. You know, I can meet Selma. I think that was the moment because, like I said, it showed him that I had layers to me. In a yeah. sense, you know, it wasn't just all oh, this tough guy who could beat everybody up and take care of business. And it was like, no, I could, I could be athletic, but I, you know, I'm caring, loving, you know, all this stuff. I had passion, everything all rolled into one.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be, uh, you've gotta be more than one dimensional, definitely. And if you can showcase that. And also I think just like being able to be so open and not caring what the people on the other side of the table think about that. Like I, I noticed that when I went through casting anytime, like I answered a question just like full blatant honesty. They were always kind of like, whoa, okay, cool. Yeah, no, now we we get it. We get it. Like that was like what they were searching for.
0: And now also, what they did was this is part of casting too. This this is before I flew out to LA. And it was after my Philly interview. They sent a producer to my house. Okay. And they followed me around for a day, so filming you or just watching you? Not filming. The producer was John Feist. Came in, him and a camera guy, and you know, from the time I wake up, my whole day going to the Y. They film me playing basketball at the Y. They interview, you know, little interviews with people. Yeah, in the home, what my daily routine at the house. Open up the fridge. You know, this is what I eat every day. Got my water in here, my eggs, blah blah. blah you know. All this stuff. Follow me around. Went to Philly. You know my my favorite spot in Philly to eat at. Blah blah blah. Like they just did the whole day with you, filming everything. You know for a day. Where's that tape? That's hidden somewhere.
1: (laughs) Bring them out, CBS. We want to see these.
0: (laughs) No, we don't. But uh, yeah, it's funny because in the video, it's the six foot brother Selma. This is this is Selma. Good morning, Selma. It's, it's so I good. say good morning to Selma every morning. Yeah.
1: Every morning.
0: Yeah, every morning. Good morning, Selma. Yeah, uh, you know. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Look at Riley's face. It's bad, Riley. It's bad, Riley. I, I was I was I was yeah. a different dude then. I, I was a young boy then, Riley. Though. I was a young boy then. It was a different man. <laughs>
1: You know, you know we do silly things when we're young. You <laughs> yeah, know. Riley. Come on. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. We yeah. all do that. Yeah, we do, Jerv. We do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, Tyson.
1: Yeah, we definitely do. Uh Riley, did you yeah. take notes on all that stuff?
3: Uh yeah. For your yeah, casting yeah, process the, uh, when you go through? I gotta figure out what cardboard cut out of a celebrity. Yeah, I'm gonna you get can still use Selma Hyatt. My yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that'd be a throwback. Maybe, maybe they'll be like, like Yeah, we've we've done this before. It needs to be somebody else. Yeah, but Turned
1: out okay for them. So, Jurev, uh, I love that, that story. I love all those stories. I remember you talking to me about them a little bit on the island and stuff when we were playing together. And I was just like, people have to hear these casting th- stories and experiences because it's going to change a little bit because obviously season one, they, could, they were open about the show. They were open about location. They were open about a, a few things that they, when I went through, locked up. Like you had no clue where you were going. Uh, things will change a little bit. And I think they change even more after, uh, 2020. And we will have someone on from, uh, one of those seasons as well. One of the 26 day half seasons. Uh, we'll, uh, talk to somebody what it's like to go through casting now. But, uh, Jerv, thank you so much. Uh, if you see Selma, tell her hi as well. And thank you, uh, for your time. And, uh, <laughs>
3: Riley, any closing thoughts? Yeah, did you ever get a chance to meet some high?
0: No. It's, it's one of the biggest travesties in CBS's history. <laughs> All I've done Man. for that network. All they had to do is have me meet her one time and they've never done that.
1: <laughs> I think, uh, weren't you on season one when they, didn't they do letters from home or, or a phone call? What did they do?
0: So we had a challenge. Just so uh-huh. happened, I won the challenge. Yes. Win a phone call. Make a phone call to anybody you want. And it's funny because everybody knew this about me on the island. The person they're like, yeah. you better not say Selma Hayek. Because just like, who do you want to call? And I'm like, <"S-> and they're like, you better not say Selma Hayek. So it's like, all right, I guess I'll call my girlfriend who just had my baby while I'm on this island <laughs> and say hi to her. Maybe
1: she can reach out to Selma Hayek.
0: I guess I'll call them and make sure they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> my Hayek or my newborn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it was a tough, tough call. It's a tough decision. So, and you'll never know if you made the right one.
0: Yes. Well, let's hope I did. I
1: think you did. <laughs> okay. That is <laughs> episode one of Casting Stories here on The Pod Has Spoken. Thank you so much, Jerv, for your time. You can follow Jervis on all of the social media platforms at Say SayJerv, right? That's it. That's it. And Riley, thank you. Uh, always a fantastic co-host. And uh, you can fi- follow Riley. Uh, Riley, what's your handles everywhere? Riley McAtee.
3: It's, yeah, Riley McAtee. Uh, basically just on Twitter.
1: Just on Twitter now? Because I follow you on Instagram.
3: Yeah, I said that to private. It oh, you said to it private to private? Recently.
1: I wondered why I haven't been able to see any of your photos.
3: <laughs> you should be you should see. I don't post anything. I, see him. See, I anything. see him.
1: I see him I see Okay. Uh thanks everyone for tuning in. See you next week.